model prayer. Tell your neighbor the model prayer. Uh, this model prayer is known, is titled as the Lord's Prayer. And I'm highlighting this for it's known as the Lord's Prayer uh, because the Lord taught it. And since he taught it, it got that name. This is the Lord's Prayer. And since then, it has been written in liturgies, which are biblical books used within the church. And therefore, they have changed the word from debt to trespasses, as we realized when we did our hymn sing, that we said, forgive us our trespasses. But you look closely there in the text. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I want to highlight that, that because it was taught that way and learned that way, but I want to point out we're going to deal with what the Bible says. It says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so we're going to deal with forgiveness in this portion of this model prayer. Let's pause for another word of prayer. Lord, we come truly asking for all of you, Lord, and truly none of me. Lord, I must decrease so that you can increase. Lord, use me to be your vessel to preach your word to us, your people, that we may gain a better understanding of how to live a life. Lord, showing your mercy, your grace, and forgiveness, we pray. Amen. So to look at this part of this prayer, I want to highlight again. Tell your neighbor, your prayer life should be your living life. Because we cannot be a hypocrite and try to pray publicly, but live a horrible life privately. And so I want us to see in this motto prayer how each segment should be applied to our daily lives so that when God sees us, he's happy with what he sees. Because if we are saying, our father, don't you want your daddy to be happy when he sees you? And you know what makes the daddy happy? When you do his will. Jesus made it clear when we talked about thy kingdom come, he says, those who do the will of the Father inherit the kingdom of God. Just help me encourage your neighbor to tell him, go ahead and do daddy's will. And so in doing daddy's will is showing forgiveness. To demonstrate forgiveness, we first need to understand or know how to define the word forgive. To do so is difficult because we have such a broad understanding of forgive that we oftentimes use concepts, if you will, to illustrate forgiveness. We say things such as forgive means to forget someone's wrong, to no longer see the wrong or put the wrong behind one's back. I highlight here, don't look back. And then also to lift the wrong from between us. But in our text, I would like to highlight how they define this word translated in the Greek for us to, for forgive is defined as to voluntarily release of a person or thing over which one has a legal or actual control. I'll say that again. It means to voluntary release of a person or thing over which one has legal or actual control. Pointing out that when you forgive someone, you are releasing them from what you could really hold them to. And so that's why we have this word debt. Because debt means you owe something. And so forgive us means to release us of the debt we owe. 
as we look at this term, forgive me, I holler that Jesus teaching this prayer for his disciples, his disciples. He is not teaching this to those who do not know him, but he's teaching to those who know him. I say this to show that there is salvation through forgiveness for all of our sins. But now as followers of Christ and seeking the will of the Father reveals to us the daily need to ask God for forgiveness of our debts. Our not obeying the law and rebellion, the, the understanding of serving, uh, serving ourselves and not serving God leads us not to seek in righteousness, which means that we need to have some forgiveness. God shows us that he, that he desires for us to have life and have life everlasting and a life that pleases him means we need to have an attitude of love. And one of the elements of love is forgiveness. Jesus points this out that how is it that you don't love your enemies? But I'm telling you that you must love your enemies. He's pointing out to us that when you love your enemies, you're willing to put up with their mess, but also willing to show them forgiveness and not treat them as your enemies. So this brings us to realize that though someone may have hurt you, they have brought pain upon you. They have done some things that cannot be corrected. You need to know that just as you want God to forgive you, you need to forgive them. Yes, I said need. If we know the Father is a God of mercy and of love that's unconditional, and he has forgiveness that goes from generation to generation, then we need to show the characteristics of our Father, and which is forgiveness. So when you forgive someone, means you release them. You let it go. Can I highlight again? To release means to let go, means you're not trying to grab it back. You're not trying to hold it over their head, but no, you let it go. Tell your neighbor, just let it go. Don't put it in your back pocket waiting for that argument to come back up and say, do you remember the last time? But no, if you let it go, you don't bring it back up. So in this petition, we see then that when we understand how God has forgiven us and we daily need to go to him for forgiveness, then it looks to us so we understand how we can say with a clear conscience, tell your neighbor with a clear conscience, that you can say, and forgive me my debts as I forgive others. But if you don't forgive others, you're telling God, don't forgive you. Because you're saying, forgive my debts just as I forgive others. And so if we look at this in this petition, Showing us that we need to daily ask God. Could you see the and there? Give us this day our daily bread and. Give us this day our daily bread and. When you see an and, it means including two. So not only daily do I need bread, daily I need some forgiveness. That's why one of my hymns is great as thy faithfulness. Because that line in the morning after morning new. Mercy. Hello, how somebody. I, I'm in need of mercy because I know if it's left up to myself, I deserve the judgment that is due to me. But because of his mercy. And I need it daily. So debts are the sins we commit. And therefore, we have a moral obligation. A moral obligation to make up the wrong we have done to the father. Y'all catch that. 
Because of the debt we have made. Because if we are, are pointing out this prayer goes to the disciples. And the disciples already know the Father. They have already committed their lives to him. He already pointed them out that you're not worthy to be my disciple unless you can deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow after me. You're not worthy to be my disciple unless you love me more than your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, even your own life. He's pointing out that if you want to be my disciples, I must be number one. I should be first in your life. Therefore, therefore, you ought to do what I ask you to do. And then when you do not do what I ask you to do, you owe me. And so that's why we have to come daily to the Lord of the debts. And I want to highlight us that our debts to us, many of us think about our debts and we look at the Ten Commandments and we say, I'm not a murderer, I'm not a liar, I'm, not, I'm faithful. But some of us look at, need to look closely in Matthew, the fifth chapter, when Jesus is teaching, talking about saying when you hate somebody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you sin. When you look lustfully unto somebody, though you did not commit that act, you already did it in your brain. You sinned. We, we don't highlight them because we don't want to make ourselves feel guilty. But if we look close enough, we might find many times throughout the day, we let our minds wander and think of things that are not bringing glory and honor to God. Some of us need to realize that if Jesus was sitting next to you while you were on Facebook, you might blush. You might be ashamed of what you are laughing at, what you are looking at, just because somebody sent you, you looked at it, and you realize, oh, I should be looking at this. I've been guilty that you see stuff, right? And it's so bad you can't turn away. That those are things we got to remind ourselves that, no, I need to remove this from my side, not let it sink into me, because I don't want my mind to be handed over to think of things that's not going to bring glory and honor to God. And that's why I need to go and say, Lord, forgive me. Of my debt. We see the debts that we have are, are sins of maybe of omission means that we did not do the obligations of things that we should have. That means I may have not been patient as I should have been. I wasn't as grateful as I should have been. I gossiped when I should have held my tongue. So they told me not to tell nobody else, but the story got good to me. I had to go tell somebody what I know. These are the sins that we commit that we need to realize that, Lord, help me to guard my tongue, to guard my eyes, to guard my heart, and come to him how often? Daily. And so when we daily come before him, we open ourselves up bare before him, realizing, Lord, I am not only in need of you for your sustenance of giving me my supply and my provision, but I am in daily need of your forgiveness. So just as we have Forgiveness from the Father, we too must show forgiveness to our debtors. Now, forgiving our debtors is the charge of us, is the charge to us that is hard for us. Because we realize that we put something on God because He's great and He says He can do it for us. But we put limitations on ourselves, so well, I can't forgive this. But we want God to forgive everything. But we tell our friends, I can only forgive this, but I'll never forgive you for this. When we are not having a forgiving heart, when we are having anger and animosity stored up among us, we are not demonstrating God's amazing love that he has for us. Because of his great love towards us, it should be evident in our love towards one another. 
We know that a debtor is one who is under obligation and guilty of doing you harm. You have the record. You know the record. You can, re you can recite it probably forward and backwards of what they did to you. And on the date and the time and all the witnesses that was there, you know the wrong they have done for you. But now you need to remind yourself you need to forgive them anyhow. The reason why it's hard to forgive them is that you first need to understand that knowing this, knowing this, the first thing I want to point out to you about steps of forgiving, knowing that forgiving someone does not make them right. The problem is that we don't want to forgive somebody because we think that we're going to make them right. No, forgiving them does not make them right, but it might make you right. It might make you have a right relationship with them that was broken. You will have a better relationship with your God, which is broken because of your unforgiving heart, which is a sin. I lost somebody. Jesus says, forgive your brothers and sisters. And he says, if you do not do this, your father won't forgive you. He's pointing out that how can you have an unregenerated heart and say you're regenerated? How can you say I love the Lord, but I'm going to have hate and animosity towards whom I see? The truth is not in you. You're alive. Go check, go check the first letter in John. You see what I'm talking about. And it's pointing out to us that if I am sowing the love of God, I should be able to forgive people who hurt me in horrible and tragic ways, but I'm able to forgive them and not hold it against them. Now, the issue of their heart, that's on them. It's up to them to have a repentant and regenerated heart and make, and that can help with reconciliation in that relationship. But yet do not let their heart damage your heart. We allow people to make us angry and mean because of how they hurt us. We make it right. I've been here to let you know God says that is not right. That you need to let it go. And so when you forgive someone, you, 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 you have to realize, again, in the forgiving aspect that the concept is to forget. You may not forget. Tell your neighbor, you may not forget. But however, you remind yourself, when it comes back to your mind, that you remind yourself, I have forgiven them. Tell your neighbor, forgiveness is a choice. See, the same thing with love. If love and forgiveness was based on emotions, many of us would not be here right now. Because there's been many a times, been many a times that we didn't feel like loving somebody. Many times we didn't feel like forgiving somebody. But yet because we decided to follow Jesus. Because we decided to make him Lord of our lives. We realized that I don't go by my laws. But I truly want thy will be done. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Which means that regardless of how I feel emotionally. Regardless of how you make me feel personally. But I serve an awesome and loving God. He's going to give me the strength. Hallelujah. I'm praying right now. Through the Holy Spirit just to be a loving and patient brother or sister of Christ. As I stand next to you. As you cursing me out and call me everything but a child of God. I'm going to stand here by his grace and his mercy and forgive you. And you realize that me forgiving you does not make you right, but I just want to be right with God. And then after I get out your presence, because you're not trying to hear what I got, I say, I'm going to pray for you later. <laughs> and that's how you realize how you can get to that initial step of forgiving somebody is realizing you're not putting them in a place that it's okay for them to treat you this way. You're putting them in a place to let them know that you know that it's not right what they're doing, but you're going to pray for them and you're going to forgive them because you're not going to allow them stopping you from doing what God wants you to do. 
That's why Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Second point I want to point out that, that after we understand that knowing forgiveness someone does not make them right. Secondly, I want to point out to us that you have to, that you must understand that you have been forgiven and you should do to others. Matthew 18 chapter, when you looked into there, uh, we had that in the morning. We're going to get more into that in our Bible study lesson. It says this, the king has a man come before him who owes him. New Living Translations gave us a verb because we don't use denarius and dogmas, all that stuff. He says this man owes a million dollars. He can't pay it back. This man owes more than the endowment of that kingdom. <laughs> he can't pay it back. The debt is too great. But the, he says the king has mercy on him and released him of the debt. He canceled the debt. says, I know you are an obligation into paying me, but I realize that it's too great. You cannot pay me, but I will forgive you. This man is set free. He finds a brother who owes him $10. says, give me my money. Brother says, I can't pay you back, man. Give me some time. No time for you. He chokes him, beats him up, and puts him in jail. His friends see that we saw, we saw the king have mercy on you. We saw the king forgive you, and you could not forgive him for $10, and you owe the king a million dollars? Y'all see, see the difference? A million dollars, ten dollars. Who owed the most? But who did the most? That servant did the most. He put him down, beat him down, and locked him up. He comes before the king. The king looks at him and says, you wicked servant. Did I not so mercy upon you? Should you not have done the same? Y'all cast us. Jesus teaching about the kingdom. Just as I have done for you, you ought to do to others. So when you are forgiving somebody, regardless how big it is, remind yourself God's forgiving you for bigger. You're going to say, how, how, how he forgive me for bigger? You don't know what they did to me. What did you do to Jesus? You killed him. Oh, I ain't killed Jesus. Yes, you did. He died for your sins. He died so that you may live. He took your place. That's how much he loved you. He did that because without the, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Means there's no forgiveness of sins. He loved you so much, it cost his life just to give you life. So how dare you look at somebody and tell them it's too big to forgive, but yet God can give his life. So when we are forgiving somebody, remember we're not making them right, but we also remember if God has forgiven me, can I not forgive somebody else? So when we look at the Father and his forgiveness, we look at this, how he loves us and is full of mercy and willing to forgive the sins of those who come with full faith in him. We need to realize that if he can forgive us, cast this, cast this, we should forgive others just as much as he forgives us. First one is that when you forgive somebody, does not make them right. Secondly, I point out to us that we need to remember God has forgiven us, so we need to forgive others. Third, I want to point out that forgiveness does not stop. Do you not ask for it daily? So if you ask for him to forgive you daily, as you forgive those who sin against you, then daily you need to forgive them. It doesn't stop. We need to realize that I need to have a heart of continued softness, that I can have a place of regeneration of me. As we're forgiving one another, it puts us in a position of humility, realizing this, that it's not about me trying to be right and prove wrong, but it's about me to be right with God and realizing that what is wrong is wrong and forgive wrongs. Meaning that they may never get it right, but she can forgive them. Because we know this, Castus. If somebody owes you a million dollars and they only make $20 a week, 
when they're going to pay you back. It's not happening. The same thing in our people heard us. Imagine if somebody heard us. You had a favorite car. You had a favorite toy. You had a relationship, and it became broken, and they hurt you damagedly. How can they ever pay you back for what they did? How can an absentee father come to his daughter on, his we on her wedding day and say, I'm sorry for not being there for your first dance, being there for your, to walk you down the aisle, be there for your prom, be there for this, be there for that. Can you forgive me? She could say, yes, I can forgive you. Why? Because she realized, I know you can't make it up to me. You desire to, but yeah, I already let it go. Remember it says a concept of forgiveness is to remove something from between you. We have allowed hatred, animosity, and obstacles to be between us and stop us from getting closer together. But when we remove those obstacles, it's amazing how we get closer together. Think about whom you love. When you love somebody, do you not move stuff so you can get closer to them? A pillow's on the couch, you move the pillow so you get closer. The chair too far away, you move the chair closer so you can get closer. You see them afar away, you try to walk as close as you can to get next to them to find out if anybody's sitting there, can I sit there? You just want to get close to them. Same situation with our God is shown to us. I desire to get close to you. And Cat says, I removed the obstacle that was binding you, which was sin. And now I am closer to you. We need to look and say, if God did this for me, I can remove stuff from somebody else and make it right with them. We are called to be ambassadors of the ministry of reconciliation, which means I should be the first. Hello, somebody. Not the second, but I should be the first to illustrate to someone else what it means to love somebody. And one element of love is forgiveness that I can come to you because the problem that many times we suffer is that we want somebody else to acknowledge that they are wrong, but you can't do it first. But you should be, I'm a mature child of God that I don't care who comes last, but I want to come first and say, hey, 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 it was me. I was wrong. And when we can put ourselves in that position, it's easier to forgive somebody else because you know you want to be forgiven. I'm going to read this last text coming from it says a, a, a money lender in Luke, Luke 7 chapter, verse 41 to 43, it says a money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When, the, when, when they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. Jesus asked, so which, uh, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said, you have judged correctly. Verse 47 says, therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. I want to point out to this that many of us are hurting in love because we are hurting in forgiveness. It says, he who has been forgiven much, love much. Some of us have yet to repent, have yet to confess that we have done anything wrong. And since we have done anything wrong, I have nothing to be sorry for. And since I have nothing to be sorry for, you ought to always apologize to me, but I don't have to apologize to you. And that lack of love, that lack of understanding leads us to be in that pious position of not understanding how good God is. But yet that woman, she did not care how her dignity looked upon. She was down weeping, crying with her tears, washing his feet, kissing him, saying, I love him. I love him. Why? Because I've been forgiven for much. 
Jesus highlighted in, the, in that parable saying, look at who owed more, who is going to love him more. He says, the guy said, I guess the one that he got a bigger debt. Trying to be flipping with it, but Jesus pointed out to it. That's why you don't understand why she's crying like this. Because she knows the depths of her sin. She knows the position that she was in, but she realized that she has been forgiven. That's why we can look around and tell somebody how deep they are. The deeper they are, the louder they shout. I've been through some stuff. And so therefore I know what a deep shout looks like. But those who haven't been through a lot of stuff, they don't know what's going on. Those who haven't been through stuff, they'll act like they don't know stuff. It don't take all that. What you crying about is no big deal. But when you realize how good God's been to you, it don't take much unless you just say hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, because he's forgiven me. And when you look it over, he does not forgive me because I'm right. He forgives me to make me right. And he forgives me how many times? Every day. And so when I think about the goodness of the Lord, one of the first things that comes to me is that he's good, full of mercy. And so when I think about that, then I remind myself, reflect upon it. If God can forgive a wretch like me, I sure enough can forgive you. Do you see how our prayer life can come into our walking life? That, Lord, I want you to forgive me. I will forgive others. Why? Why will I forgive others? Because, Lord, you have forgiven me. I will forgive others because you command me to. And I realize I don't put them in a higher position. I put them in the right position. I put them in the position that I want to be right with you. And I'm trying to make it right with them. But, Lord, I want my heart to be clear. And, Lord, I forgive because I realize that you have forgiven me for much. You've you've died for all of our sins. And daily, Lord, I try to walk closely to you. And daily, Lord, I need to confess before you. And when we realize this, when we realize this, this, our hearts will be so clear and conscience will be so clear that it's easy for you to go and tell someone I'm sorry. It's easy for you to tell someone who's hurt to say, I forgive you. Because you're not holding it over their head. You're not trying to act in superior. You're not trying to act like you have more power or authority. But you're showing them the love of God that he is showing in you. And he's working through you through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's why you're able to forgive others just as God has forgiven you. Because you realize it's not because you're doing it, but the Holy Spirit is working through you. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come right now just asking and surrender to your spirit. That, Lord, that you help us to continue to grow, to have a heart of forgiveness. That we learn not to count wrongs or count how they hurt us. But, Lord, we just remember to forgive them. And, Lord, when it comes back into our memory, we remember to forgive them and say, Lord, I chose to forgive them because I love you. And, Lord, we pray that, that you will help our hearts to be in a place of position, that we won't be unrepentant and be unforgiving, but, Lord, we'll be solely, fully surrendered unto you. Lord, there might be someone here who has hardness in their heart because of you.